President Obama addressed the nation today for the first time since his victory speech on election night. He told an audience at the White House that Americans had voted for action, and he announced that he's invited congressional leaders to the White House next week to discuss a compromise on the budget. But any deal, said the president, must include higher taxes for the wealthiest Americans. I want to be clear. I'm not wedded to every detail of my plan. I'm open to compromise. I'm open to new ideas. I'm committed to solving our fiscal challenges. But I refuse to accept any approach that isn't balanced. That, of course, is newly re-elected President Obama. Now, a key question during the campaign was, are you better off now than you were four years ago? Well, that depends on who you ask and how you measure it. Most economists looks, look at things like unemployment, the consumer price index, and gross domestic product, or GDP. But some say those statistics don't give an accurate picture of the true health of the economy. The world's Jason Margolis has the story. Mitt Romney ran for president on a central theme. The economy isn't getting better. He pointed to our gross domestic product, or GDP, which measures the output of all goods and services in our economy. By this metric, the economy has been growing, although slowly. But Eric Zensi wants you to understand just what GDP is actually telling us. Zensi is a political economist with the Gund Institute for Ecological Economics at the University of Vermont. I think GDP should be renamed so that we don't mistake it for a measure of well-being. I think we should call it gross domestic transactions. That's all it is. It totes up the monetary value of all the transactions. And if it had that name, that would help break the association people have with the idea that more GDP is better. It's like, hmm, more transactions are better? Well, it depends on what you're transacting. For example, the billions of dollars that are pouring into post-Sandy cleanup will boost our GDP as money changes hands. Of course, a lot of shuttered businesses will hamper GDP growth. So does all this adding and subtracting give us a real measure of economic progress? Zensi is part of the movement that doesn't think so. So the movement for kind of a sane approach to the economy is to measure the actual thing you're trying to do, which is improve the living standards and well-being of people. When I first spoke with Zensi a few years ago, he and others like him were largely ignored by mainstream economists and policymakers. They still are, but the movement is gaining some momentum. This spring, some 600 international scholars and leaders gathered at the United Nations to discuss happiness and well-being as measures of economic progress. The meeting was convened by the Kingdom of Bhutan, which is known for its gross national happiness index. Several states, including Vermont, have also begun measuring well-being to gauge economic vitality. Many still dismiss these ideas as flaky, anti-consumer, or radical left-wing political engineering. Still, some big names are giving them credence. Here's Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke this summer. The ultimate purpose of economics, of course, is to understand and promote the enhancement of well-being. But just how do you quantify well-being? Last year, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, or the OECD, based in Paris, unveiled its Better Life Index. They have a very cool website where you can compare how 36 countries stack up on a variety of measures, things like levels of education, health, and your sense of community. Anthony Gooch with the OECD says no one country comes off as the overall winner. Determining the strongest economies depends on what you value. If you care about life satisfaction, Denmark is the place to be. If safety is your thing, then it's Japan. U.S. performs very strongly on quality of housing, uh, on income, 
it performs uh, strongly on civic engagement. It performs pretty well on uh, jobs. There are some areas where it doesn't do so strongly. For example, the sense of work-life balance in the U.S. uh, compared to uh, the other 35 countries isn't strong. So where does all of this new economic thinking go from here? Again, Eric Zensi in Vermont. Yeah, what what is the uh, what is the path ahead? What what kind of um, strategies are there? And that's a very difficult question. Zensi concedes it'll be difficult to get policymakers to subscribe to these new economic measures. But with the campaigns now over, politicians don't need to worry about every week's economic indicator. And that might open the door to some new ways of thinking, at least until the next campaign cycle. For The World, I'm Jason Margolis.